Modern World History Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 13, Section 3, A Global Conflict, Setting the Stage. World War I was much more than a European conflict. Australia and Japan, for example, entered the war on the Allies' side, while India supplied troops to fight alongside their British rulers. Meanwhile, the Ottoman Turks and later Bulgaria aligned themselves with Germany and the Central Powers. As the war promised to be a grim, drawn-out affair, all the great powers looked for other allies around the globe to tip the balance. They also sought new war fronts on which to achieve victory. War affects the world. As the war dragged on, the main combatants looked beyond Europe for a way to end the stalemate. However, none of the alliances they formed or new battlefronts they opened did much to end the slow and grinding conflict. The Gallipoli Campaign promising strategy for the Allies seemed to be to attack a region in the Ottoman Empire known as the Dardanelles. This narrow sea strait was the gateway to the Ottoman capital, Constantinople. By securing the Dardanelles, the Allies believed that they could take Constantinople, defeat the Turks, and establish a supply line to Russia. The effort to take the Dardanelles Strait began in February 1915. It was known as the Gallipoli Campaign. British, Australian, New Zealand, and French troops made repeated assaults on the Gallipoli Peninsula on the western side of the strait. Turkish troops, some commanded by German officers, vigorously defended the region. By May, Gallipoli had turned into another bloody stalemate. Both sides dug trenches from which they battled for the rest of the year. In December, the Allies gave up on the campaign and began to evacuate. They suffered about 250,000 casualties. Battles in Africa and Asia in various parts of Asia and Africa, Germany's colonial possessions came under assault. The Japanese quickly overran German outposts in China. They also captured Germany's Pacific Island colonies. English and French troops attacked Germany's four African possessions. They seized control of three. Elsewhere in Asia and Africa, the British and French recruited subjects in their colonies for the struggle. Fighting troops as well as laborers came from India, South Africa, Senegal, Egypt, Algeria, and Indochina. Many fought and died on the battlefield. Others worked to keep the front line supplied. To be sure, some colonial subjects wanted nothing to do with their European rulers' conflicts. Others volunteered and hoped that service would lead to their independence. This was the view of Indian political leader Mohandas Gandhi, who supported Indian participation in the war. Quote, if we would improve our status through the help and cooperation of the British... It was our duty to win their help by standing by them in their hour of need." End quote. America joins the fight. In 1917, the focus of the war shifted to the high seas. That year, the Germans intensified the submarine warfare they had raged in the Atlantic Ocean since shortly after the war began. In January 1917, the Germans announced that their submarines would sink without warning any ships in the waters around Britain. This policy was called unrestricted submarine warfare. The Germans had tried this policy before. On May 7, 1915, a German submarine or U-boat had sunk the British passenger ship Lusitania. The attack left 1,198 people dead, including 128 U.S. citizens. Germany claimed that the ship had been carrying ammunition, which turned out to be true. Nevertheless, the American public was outraged. President Woodrow Wilson sent a strong protest to Germany. After two further attacks, the Germans finally agreed to stop attacking neutral and passenger ships. 
Desperate for an advantage over the Allies, however, the Germans returned to unrestricted submarine warfare in 1917. They knew it might lead to war with the United States. They gambled that their naval blockade would starve Britain into defeat before the United States could mobilize. Ignoring warnings by President Wilson, German U-boats sank three American ships. In February 1917, another German action pushed the United States closer to war. Officials intercepted a telegram written by Germany's Foreign Secretary, Arthur Zimmerman, stating that Germany would help Mexico reconquer the land it lost to the United States if Mexico would ally itself with Germany. The Zimmerman note simply proved to be the last straw. A large part of the American population already favored the Allies. In particular, America felt a bond with England. The two nations shared a common ancestry and language, as well as similar democratic institutions and legal systems. More important, America's economic ties with the Allies were far stronger than those with the Central Powers. On April 2, 1917, President Wilson asked Congress to declare war on Germany. The United States entered the war on the side of the Allies. War affects the home front. By the time the United States joined the Allies, the war had been raging for nearly three years. In those three years, Europe had lost more men in battle than in all the wars of the previous three centuries. The war had claimed the lives of millions and had changed countless lives forever. The Great War, as the conflict came to be known, affected everyone. It touched not only the soldiers in the trenches, but civilians as well. Governments waged total war. World War I soon became a total war. This meant that countries devoted all their resources to the war effort. In Britain, Germany, Austria, Russia, and France, the entire force of government was dedicated to winning the conflict. In each country, the wartime government took control of the economy. Governments told factories what to produce and how much. Numerous facilities were converted to munition factories. Nearly every able-bodied citizen was put to work. Unemployment in many European countries all but disappeared. So many goods were in short supply that governments turned to rationing. Under this system, people could buy only small amounts of those items that were also needed for the war effort. Eventually, rationing covered a wide range of foods, from butter to shoe leather. Governments also suppressed anti-war activity, sometimes forcibly. In addition, they censored news about the war. Many leaders feared that honest reporting of the war would turn people against it. Governments also used propaganda one-sided information designed to persuade, to keep up morale and support for the war. Women and the war. Total war meant that governments turned to help from women as never before. Thousands of women replaced men in factories, offices, and shops. Women built tanks and munitions, plowed fields, paved streets, and ran hospitals. They also kept troops supplied with food, clothing, and weapons. Although most women left the workforce when the war ended, they changed many people's view of what women were capable of doing. Women also saw the horrors of war firsthand, working on or near the front lines as nurses. Here, American nurse Shirley Millard describes her experience with a soldier who had lost both eyes and feet. Quote, He moaned through the bandages that his head was splitting with pain. I gave him morphine. Suddenly aware of the fact that he had numerous wounds, he asked, Say... What's the matter with my legs? Reaching down to feel his legs before I could stop him, he uttered a heartbreaking scream. I held his hand firmly until the drug I had given him took effect. End quote. The Allies win the war. With the United States finally in the war, the balance, it seemed, was about to tip in the Allies' favor. 
Before that happened, however, events in Russia gave Germany a victory on the Eastern Front and new hope for winning the conflict. Russia withdraws. In March 1917, civil unrest in Russia, due in large to war-related shortages of food and fuel, forced Tsar Nicholas to step down. In his place, a provisional government was established. The new government pledged to continue fighting the war. However, by 1917, nearly 5.5 million Russian soldiers had been wounded, killed, or taken prisoner. As a result, the war-weary Russian army refused to fight any longer. Eight months after the new government took over, a revolution shook Russia. In November 1917, communist leader Vladimir Ilyich Lenin seized power. Lenin insisted on ending his country's involvement in the war. One of his first acts was to offer Germany a truce. In March 1918, Germany and Russia signed the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk, which ended the war between them. The Central Powers Collapse Russia's withdrawal from the war at last allowed Germany to send nearly all its forces to the Western Front. In March 1918, the Germans mounted one final, massive attack on the Allies in France. As in the opening weeks of the war, the German forces crushed everything in their path. By late May 1918, the Germans had again reached the Marne River. Paris was less than 40 miles away. Victory seemed within reach. By this time, however, the German military had weakened. The effort to reach the Marne had exhausted men and supplies alike. Sensing this weakness, the Allies, with the aid of nearly 140,000 fresh U.S. troops, launched a counterattack. In July 1918, the Allies and Germans clashed at the Second Battle of the Marne. Leading the attack were some 350 tanks that rumbled slowly forward, smashing through the German lines. With the arrival of 2 million more American troops, the Allied forces began to advance steadily towards Germany. Soon, the Central Powers began to crumble. First the Bulgarians and then the Ottoman Turks surrendered. In October, revolution swept through Austria-Hungary. In Germany, soldiers mutinied and the public turned on the Kaiser. On November 9, 1918, Kaiser Wilhelm II stepped down. Germany declared itself a republic. A representative of the new German government met with French commander Marshal Foch in a railway car near Paris. The two, the two signed an armistice, or an agreement to stop fighting. On November 11th, World War I came to an end. The Legacy of the War World War I was, in many ways, a new kind of war. It involved the use of new technologies. It ushered in the notion of war on a grand and global scale. It also left behind a landscape of death and destruction, such as was never before seen. Both sides in World War I paid a tremendous price in terms of human life. About 8.5 million soldiers died as a result of the war. Another 21 million were wounded. In addition, the war led to deaths of countless civilians by way of starvation, disease, and slaughter. Taken together, these figures spelled tragedy, an entire generation of Europeans wiped out. The war had also a devastating economic impact on Europe. The Great Conflict drained the treasuries of European countries. One account put the total cost of war at $338 billion, a staggering amount for that time. The war also destroyed acres of farmland, as well as homes, villages, and towns. The enormous suffering that resulted from the Great War left a deep mark on Western society as well. A sense of disillusionment settled over the survivors. The insecurity and despair that many people experience are reflected in the art and literature of the time. 
Another significant legacy of the war lay in its peace agreement. As you will read in the next section, the treaty to end World War I were forged after great debate and compromise. And while they sought to bring a new sense of security and peace to the world, they prompted mainly anger and resentment.